Hi, my name is Rutendo Nyamuda, and welcome to another extraordinary episode of In My Twenties. In my twenties, while you're here, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Coming up on today's episode of the podcast, we speak about life, culture, belonging, and loss with today's guest. So welcoming herself onto the In My Twenties podcast and into the In My Twenties family, here she is. Hi, my name is Amy Chiwaye. Everyone knows me as Chi-Chi. I am a strategist and a project manager in advertising. Absolutely love brands. I love consumer insights and what makes people tick. I'm a budding Oprah and speaker, but we'll see where that goes. Now, on every episode of the In My Twenties podcast, my guests always come through with these incredible mind moments or gem moments. And this is just one of them. One of the big losses of my life is my older brother. So I was numb for a long time. I think I'm still kind of getting, if you if you know that feeling of being numb and when you're, like, your feelings start coming back, you get like pins and needles. Because mm. like all your nerves are starting to reconnect. My nerves are starting to reconnect mm. again. The In My Twenties podcast is split up into three sections. In the first section, we get to hear a little bit more about Amy's life journey. In the second section, we dive into today's topic, which is all about life and loss. And finally, rounding up all three sections is a conversation on the all-consuming 20s journey. So without further delay, let's get straight into it. Amy, tell me a little bit about your career history. Actually, more so, more than just your career history, I'm interested to know about your life history because mm. you're not from South Africa. No, I'm and not. And you're not just from one African country. No, I'm not. So tell me a little bit about your heritage and where are you from? That always used to seem like some sort of difficult conversation for me to answer. Um, my mom is Ugandan. My dad is from Zim. I was born in Zim, but they raised us in Botswana. I went to Peter Maritzburg and started high school. Loved it. First hated it, obviously. Homesickness was a big thing in my life. Um, finished there, moved to Joburg for one year, and then subsequently moved to Cape Town. When I got to Cape Town, I went to UCT, Finished at UCT, went to AAA, and then started working, and now I'm here. So with what I do in terms of my career, I am strategically minded project manager. So I run brands of different calibers and different types of brands. Um, my biggest thing is finding the consumer insight that literally drives the narrative of a brand for a certain period of time. I've got an interesting question. Oh, um, oh, whenever somebody starts with, I've got an interesting question. You were born to Ugandan and Zimbabwean parents. Mm -hmm. Born in Zim. Yeah. Raised in Botswana. Yeah. Living in South Africa. Yeah. What is your culture? So, as I mentioned in part one of this podcast, mm. I've always struggled with that. Yeah. Finding out what my culture is because mm. it's, not Zimbabwean, it's not South African, it is not Botswana, Botswana, I don't even know what the word would be there. Um, it's not Ugandan. Um, so basically culture for me is 
something I've built for myself. The reason why I identify so much with your story to a certain extent, certain degree, is born in Zim in 1990-1991, moved to Scotland for about two years. We moved here around 1994. Oh, hectic. So we've been in South Africa for the longest of times. Yeah. The thing is, up until recently... And I mean, recently, the last couple of years, I could not identify with being South African. Well, it makes sense. And for me, it was always so interesting because people who had been here for five years or two years would say, oh my word, they're South African and so excited to be South African. And I'd never felt that. And I don't know if it's because I never allowed myself to feel it or because I'd grown up being told that I'm not South African so many times or Mm. I'm not the right kind of black. I don't speak the languages. I don't X. I don't know the culture because I have the Zimbabwean culture and Zimbabwean background. It's like only now am I comfortable saying, I still don't say I'm South African. Someone will say, where are you from? I'll say I'm Zimbabwean born, raised in South Africa. My sisters and I always used to say we're Zim African. So <laughs> I mean that makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense because it is it's almost it's 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 a big badging thing when it comes especially here in South Africa. A lot of the time when people talk about mixed kids or being someone who's mixed, yeah. people gravitate to the idea of it being racially focused. Mm. So you're half black, half white, um or you are half Indian, half Grecian, mm. half whatever it is. It's all about and race. You're mis- yeah. yeah, it's, all, it's all, not about culture. All different percentages and what is in your bloodline. 100%. But you are mixed if you think about it. 100%. Because culture is just a bigger thing, mm. if not bigger than actual race. Yes. Because race is just a skin thing. Culture is it's your belief system. It's yes. what you do. It's 100%. the traditions. It's how you live your life. Mm. Mm. It's how you live your life. And... I guess I just had to start dictating it for myself. Mm, mm. And I'm the type of person, not to get too deep about this, I want to have kids soon. Um, not too soon, but soon enough. Um, it's always been at the back of my head. What am I going to teach them? Mm. How am I going to teach them? How am I going to raise them? And I don't want it to mean, oh, I must move to a Western country country in order to just let them just live their lives Mm. no and also i'm in love with this continent i'm not trying to leave Mm. loss is something very interesting that no one teaches you about yes there is no no matter how many times you read about the stages of grief Mm. or about people's experiences in grief no one prepares you for the heartache, the heartbreak, and literally a part of yourself that you feel like you're dying. It feels like a death within yourself. So I lost my dad three years ago. Mm. And like even going through that was not prepared. Well, you can't prepare. You can't prepare for anything. But yeah, the first time I started to think about things and all of that is the first time I lost a child. Woo! So I'm saying this on a podcast. This is interesting. I dealt with that loss. I'm still dealing with that loss. It, I don't think it will ever leave me. Mm. I think it helps me navigate the person I want to be, Mm. the type of reactions and the type of advice 
in inverted commas that I would give to somebody because it gives you a different viewpoint on the world. Mm. 100% different viewpoint on the world. I am a nurturing being. Anyone that has known me since I was, what, 30 centimeters tall, <laughs> 60 centimeters tall, will always tell you that I've always been in love with little humans. Mm. Little humans are my life. Like, they are the cutest beings ever. I was saying to you earlier how I had my miniature little human, hashtag goddaughter, um, birthday on Sunday, and I was hanging so badly, but I had to master up that strength. Mm. I mastered up that energy just to allow her to enjoy. She took me to the jumping castle. Please do not try this at home. It's very difficult. Jumping on a jumping castle when you are hanging, you are going do to puke. Don't do it. You are going to puke. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot. But that type, like that, it, it ignites something in me that mm. I cannot release ever. So, yeah, it took me losing a child. Mm. It took me losing people in my family, like really, really close people to me. If you are comfortable to answer the question, so mm. I know you said you lost a child. Mm -hmm. Do you have any reservations about having children in the future? Or is it something that you really strongly desire? Um, or has the loss of a child affected how you're approaching having kids in the future? I've always wanted to have kids. Mm. I still want to have kids. My reservations come with one of my faves, whom I've never met, but I need to meet her soon. Um, Gabrielle Union. Mm. Mm. And the journey that she's been through. Those are my reservations. They're health-based. Mm. Um, have nothing to do with me, really. There's very little that I could do to help the situation because if I am there, what I need to actually do is just go and get the tests done. But mm -hmm. that's a very scary thing because I don't want to hear it. But I'm going to have, I'm going to be having them earlier next week, early next year. Mm -hmm. So that's a bit of a scary thing for me. Um, it's just my view on pregnancy specific. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it took loss to, make me the person that I am. And what would you say are some of the lessons that you've taken away having experienced such great loss in your life? Um, because ultimately it changes you. Like it's kind of like that wound that it's a wound that, that never, never heals. heals, you know, and it becomes such a huge, you think it's going to scab maybe three times. And then by, by the third time you're like, Oh, there's a layer of skin on top. Mm. Shop. We can just leave it open and then it's going to heal. No. No, it never heals. Mm. It never heals. Mm. Um, Has it taught you to be like, even in your responses or your day-to-day -day interactions with people or the way you approach the world, has that changed your outlook on those things? Yes and no. I think the yes part, as in it's changed my outlook on things, is the fact that I vet a lot of the people that I allow back into my space now. Earlier on, 
in life when I was trying to figure out who I'm going to be as an adult. I used to just like allow anyone and everyone to be like part of the chisha. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Nowadays I vet a lot of people and in as much as everyone would like to say that, oh, she is this type of person and this type of person, she's always accommodating. I have a core. I have a core. They know who they are. That core has not changed. Mm. And I don't see it changing for the longest time because they get me even when I don't speak. Mm. Even when I don't say that this is what's happening, they get me. Yeah, so it has changed me. It changes a few ways and the different goggles that I use to view the world. But it's only made me stronger. Mm. More fragile, yes, but it's only made me stronger. I can't bring them back. Mm. Um, yeah, mm. I don't know. There's really not much I can say about yeah. that. And I really don't want to cry. I, I always say the thing about loss. Mm. Right? Close loss is not something I would even wish upon my worst enemy or mm. someone who I just could not stand. Yes. Because it is a breaking. You literally. It's a lot. You break. And in the same breath. So so my question around like what are the things that has kind of changed your outlook is sometimes for me when I'm complaining about work or I'm complaining about being single or whatever, whatever thing that is seemingly frivolous. Yeah. Sometimes I think about life itself and I'm like, sure, but I'm still alive. Right. Mm. And life is so short and mm. you hear of things of even people our, our age who are passing away in car accidents oh, or who have hung the themselves or who have overdosed or who are in such states of depression and anxiety mm. and who just could not cope or something happens and you're just like, it's being grateful, I think, for the very, very little things in life, mm. you know, um, which I, again, it doesn't happen every day. I don't wake up every day going, I'm so grateful for everything. I try, but when I catch myself, I think spiraling far down too much in hindsight think and go but but i'm okay and everybody's experience is different 100%. that's the other thing of loss is like no one's loss is the same no one's relationship with the person they lost was the same mm. so as much as you can always empathize with someone you're not them 100 percent. Mm. and just to add to that so i one of the big losses of my life mm. recently is my older brother. So I'm the oldest, as I told you, but um, my dad has three brothers, well, two brothers. So the one is older, the one is younger. The older one has five kids and then the younger one has eight. Yeah, let's not discuss that one. Um, his son is the one that passed away that made me feel like I was numb. I was numb for a long time. Mm. I think I'm still kind of getting, if you if you know that feeling of being numb and when you're, like, your feelings start coming back, you get, like, pins and needles because, mm. like, all your nerves are starting to reconnect. So mm. I'm still in that, like, nerve reconnection 
I think that's why I'm actually doing all of these things because my nerves are starting to reconnect mm. again. But one thing I loved about my brother is that he would always tell me. So remember I was telling you how I went to Joburg for a year. He was literally my guardian angel without unprovoked, mm-hmm. unprovoked. It's like, no, but it's my sister. Hey, mm. I must be like this. I must be. I'm like, how oh, fam? Mm. I'm grown. Like I'm, I'm good. But I'm a big people person. And he was like, first of all, don't spread yourself thin. Second of all, please realize that you come from somewhere. So you still get to do what you want to do and be who you are, but still take everything that you want to believe with, believe in with you. Mm-hmm. It never used to make sense to me until I think it was just before he passed, I was in a situation and I was like, it just clicked in my head and I was like, wow, okay. And I called him and was like, oh my gosh, finally it makes sense. I mm. get it. And that was absolutely amazing. But he also taught me to just be still. To just be still. There is nobody and no group, no friend, no family member who will ever be you. You're the only person that are go- that's going to be you. Mm. And I was just like, yeah, well, I know that. Mm. It's plain and simple, isn't it? Mm. And he was just like, no, but you specifically, Amy, you are, you're destined to just be you. And that constantly rings in my head. Mm. Every single time I'm faced with imposter syndrome, every single time I'm faced with I've, I've, I've had friends who have, friends, in better commas, who have basically said that I am too nice to people, so why must I be their friend? I'm like, how? Oh, mm. I was nice to you and you're here, but anyway, fine, shop. Do you want people to be mean to you? I don't get that. Anyway, I'm not chasing that high, mm. sorry, because I've already got an entire like ecosystem that Mm -hmm. is perfect for me and is always feeding into me. Mm -hmm. But also another thing that he taught me is to just stick to those who are there, believe in those who are there, and listen to them. That for me changed my life. It actually saved my life. Mm -hmm. Because after he passed on, I was in a very dark space. I was in a very dark space. So I was talking to my therapist and I was on pills, on pills, on pills, on pills. Um, but that kept ringing in my head, kept ringing in my head. And then I realized that we've always been talking about this thing of, oh, I want to be great. I want to effect change. It's not always going to be positive. Mm. So... Always remember why you started. Mm. Continue at that, then you're good. Mm. Leave those other things. Mm. You, so you've mentioned having experienced loss on various different levels. Mm. Um, family, friends. Um, and how does one or how do you keep one's memory alive after they've passed on? Because sometimes it's so difficult I mean, I think it's only now in the last year 
year and a half, maybe two years where I can speak about my dad and not feel super emotional mm. with someone and actually say like, this is the kind of person my dad was. This is what he did. Well, you know, when I go home and I'm like, oh, but what I found this yeah. were very similar. Like I found out recently that my dad did something similar to Toastmasters. Oh, like, really? Working, yeah. Oh, wow. And I was like, I didn't even know that. And now I'm doing Toastmasters. And it would so be like, so nice to know. Exactly. We could have had chats about this. And yeah. it's, it's all of, I think it's all of the memories that you could have had. Mm. Um, it's, it's maybe the way that you perceived certain conversations and certain things mm. because you saw it from your perspective and now you're seeing it from a different perspective. But on the third part, it's keeping that memory alive or yeah. keeping that person, like how, how does one keep moving on without losing the memory of those they've lost? There's no blueprint. I'll tell you that. There's no blueprint to it. Every single person is different. Um, the type of people that you meet and even those ones that you don't. You're going to deal with that loss in a different way. Mm. So you can deal with it by photos if you've had that type of relationship. But in my case, one of the biggest losses of my life I didn't have photos. I didn't have photos. Mm. Um, not even an ultrasound, quite honestly. But mm. anyway, that's besides the point. But you can honor someone's memory in totally in different ways. Mm. So for me, it's 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 almost like an like a personality. Mm. Personalities are subject to the individual. Mm. And that's the only, like, grief is not a cut and paste. Mm. No. That one you will never, ever get to. Ever. Mm. Ever. It's not the way I grieve versus the way you grieve versus the way 10 other people grieve. No. It's mm. never going to be like that. Mm. So it needs to be known that you don't have to. In Botswana, in the Sotswana culture, if your husband as a female passes away, you have to wear black for a year mm. and then you can cons- like you can proceed to being and a single person I guess and mm. being a person but for a year after this person dies you are literally going to be looked at at that person who's sad mm. that person who is grieving because her husband died regardless of how he went he died I find that very invasive, me personally, but people grieve in different ways. Yeah. They are triggered in different ways. So I think for me personally, the person you're mourning and the type of relationship that you're mourning will have a big influence into it. And then what you want to take out of it. There's some people who are like, oh, I'm very sad that XYZ actually passed away, but for, like, not to sound like horrible or whatever, but it's okay. Mm. Let them rest mm. type thing. And then you've got other people who are, oh, but we had a whole life ahead of us. 
how you mourn that person is going to be totally different. Mm. How you mourn a person that you grew up with and you were living the same life with, totally different. There's no blueprint. Mm. There's no blueprint. You just need to find, I guess, a person, a group, somebody that understands that, listen, this person's seeing a bit of a flame. Mm. So just mm. just be kind. Mm-hmm. Just be kind. Mm. I know it's something that's circulated across all social channels where they like, be kind. You don't know what the next person's going through. Mm. When you think about that, it's it's a very small little quote. Mm. But if you think about it, you actually realize that there's everyone going through everything at every single second mm. in time. All the time. Yeah. But there's no blueprint. Mm. All you can do is be there. Mm. All right. So Amy Chi-Chi. Mm-hmm. Chi-Chi Amy. Boom. I want to know, how would you summarize your 20s journey? Looking back into your 20s, how would you summarize it? Listen, I've got really great parents. They have always been for whatever random stuff that we put on the table. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, it was great. Mm -hmm. It was nice. Like, yes. So I got into my 20s and was, I got this. Let's do this. We're studying and all of that. Then I changed paths. Then it was a bit rocky. And then I hit rock bottom. We've had this chat before. I'm very vocal about it. I am a person that manages depression and anxiety on a daily basis. Mm. I don't find it as something that detracts from the person that I am. Mm. But it's something that I live with. Mm. Um, I managed to work my way out of medication, like daily medication. Mm. And when I say work my way, please do not take this as you must do it yourself. No, mm. I literally worked on it with my psychiatrist to mm. get off my meds because I didn't want to be on meds forever. Mm. Some people get that opportunity, others don't. Yeah. So I need to make sure that that's clear. The fact that I was able to work myself out of my medication doesn't mean that like anyone no sometimes you can't breathe and kumbaya your way out of depression you really Mm, can't mm. you really can't you've shared a lot about your journey you have just turned 30 this year i did (laughs) you lived for nine years in your 20s nine entire years what would you say are your top three biggest takeaways from being in your 20s Number one, be you at any and every single cost. Be you. Because that's the only way you'll be able to sleep better at night. Number one. Number two, loss is a part of life. Choose to learn from it and rather not get consumed by it. And then the last one that was told to me by my brother, no one's coming to save you. It sounds very horrible. It sounds very intense, but it's something that everyone needs to know. No one's coming to save you. You need to take a hold of your life. Yes, you've got a whole entire village behind you that's rooting for you and will do anything for you, but no one's coming to save you. 
So even in the midst of like the worst times and everything, if your focus is on getting better and making yourself better and changing your narrative and everything, it's you that's going to have to drive that. Mm. No one else can drive it for you. Wow. You've spoken extensively about loss. What piece of advice would you want to share with people who are going through loss, who are grieving right now? There is a poetry book. It's called The Sun and Her Flowers mm. by Rupi Kaur. Mm -hmm. Read that. <laughs> Read that. Find wholesome content to listen to. Find a sense of purpose. Find a sense of being. And realize that you're not weird and you're not an outcast for feeling what you feel. These things have happened to you. And my advice for anyone in their 20s is be, breathe, and live. Be, breathe, and live. And drink champagne. Thank you so much, Amy, for coming on to today's show and sharing your journey with us. What people don't know is that this was not even the initial topic or the initial discussion. We were actually going to talk about culture and branding and corporate culture. And by nature of a natural conversation, we ended up speaking about loss. And while I was editing this episode, I was actually thinking it's that conversation that you need to have, but that you never really have. How often do we actually speak about loss in our own families or among friends? So once again, thank you so much, Amy. And again, these conversations remind me of that saying by Marion Williamson, as we let our own light shine. And light could be anything. Light could be honesty. Light could be your story. Light could be the essence of who you are. But as we let our own light shine, we give other people the permission to do the same. So we will catch you same time, same place, right here on In My Twenties. Mm -hmm.